Hey, we're just about to jump into the episode, but before we do, did you know we have a junior-friendly Discord community? It's completely free to join. If you want to join us, the link is in the description. We'd love to have you. All right, enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another web development podcast episode where we help aspiring developers get jobs and junior developers grow. So today we're going to be conquering the topic of how the hell can aspiring developers present themselves on LinkedIn. I'm going to be candid. A lot of developers, aspiring developers, even professional senior developers are horrible at this, right? So we have a lot of skills under our belt that pay us or get us paid quite a bit of money from companies. And so, um, where'd you go? I sneezed, friends. I sneezed. So <laughs> I okay. took myself off cam for a second. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I thought you just disconnected. I'm like, all right, I'm going to read no, the no. intro. But no, we're going to no, keep no. going. You're great. <laughs> so essentially, we, uh, we're we going to give you some LinkedIn tips, how to present yourself on LinkedIn, how to network, how to interact, because everyone says you need a network. You need a network. What the hell does that mean? So um, I think presentation and networking are going to be our key topics this one. So I invited on Shiley, who has quite a bit of experience helping people, you know, up their presentation skills. And uh, we're going to be focused on essentially people that want to get a job. So anyways, Shiley, welcome. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. I am friends with a lot of coders and developers and programmers. And I even went, I volunteered at DevOps Days in Chicago many years ago. So I love the tech world. Big fan. Uh, <laughs> so, glad to be here. Yeah. Well, okay. So essentially, um, you know, talk a bit about, you know, like what you're doing, um, quite frankly, why people should care about your opinion with this topic. So here's the situation, right? I'm your social media Sherpa. I usually help a lot of businesses, but what I really do for people is I expose and amplify their awesomeness. And that can apply to young students, that can apply to developers, that can apply to solo business owners, that can apply to people who want to be influencers, whatever. It can apply to a lot of different places. I'll give you this story to kind of give you a taste of like the kind of world that I take people through. So I had an intern last year. And she was not a developer, but she was in the PR program and she's doing all this stuff. And I wanted to give back to my, my interns, kind of like how you give back with the show to help people find their careers and all that kind of stuff. So I do something with all of my clients, no matter what situation they're in, where I kind of extract, I say, expose and amplify, expose and amplify their awesomeness. I pull out what makes them special that would help other people see and understand who they are. So we talked, we talked, we talked. It was, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes. I was just like asking her more questions about the thing that she loved to do. And I would do this with a developer. I do this with a lot of different people. And she says something about, she liked event planning, but she really didn't know what to say in her resume because she's like, well, I never worked full time as an event planner. Like, what can I really say? First off, she didn't validate that the that she was really good at like event planning. She didn't validate like she didn't think it was valuable information. I'm like, uh, yes, it is. The second thing is that she didn't realize that like she had more stories there to illustrate how much she loved events. This one in particular that blew my mind. She said something about her sweet 16 and she's, I don't know, was 20 years old or whatever at the time. She says, you know, I almost liked planning my sweet 16 more than I even liked going to it. And I was like, wait a second, you loved planning your sweet 16, maybe even more than you liked attending it. Like, what does that say about you, right? It says that you really love event planning and you love it so much that like that became such a highlight for you. And that's something you wanted to take uh, onwards. And I think now she started working at Tribeca Film Festival, I think a year or two after that. I'm like, get it girl, doing events and all this kind of good stuff. Uh, but a lot of times it's not just I code Java or I code whatever. I'm making this up. You have to hold me because I'm not a developer. So you have to hold me accountable to what developers are going to be asking here. But uh, if you can explain the the sweet theme that you can bring to a company, 
that is a unique edge in how you do developing or whatever, that's going to make you stand out, whether it's on your LinkedIn profile, whether you mentioned it in an interview, whether you mentioned it to someone who might make an introduction to get you a job. And that's where I come in. I help you extract all this special sauce so that you can boil it to the top and people can see how wonderful you are even before you ever get on an interview with them. Okay. So are you up for a challenge? Challenge me. Let's play it. Let's do it. Tell okay. me, cause I, you know, your people, you're, you're their mouthpiece for what they're looking for. <laughs> so that's a really interesting thing. The way you basically got her to focus on a specific aspect of that event, which was planning it right. Was more marketable, right? That was hireable Huge. potentially. And so yes. That's a big thing. A lot of developers, they uh, they're career transitioners or they have some experience in the background. Right. And they don't know how to relate it. So a key thing with giving developers advice is your your resume 100 percent needs to speak to you being a developer and what value you can provide as a developer. So you have to kind of decide, okay, well, what experience actually is relevant? What isn't right? And so. You really have to hone in very quickly, even just with the bullet point of how this specific position that's not even tech related can relate to being a developer, because most of it's going to be like your projects. It's going to be showcasing your experience, but there's still value in talking about your previous experience. So here's a challenge. Huge. Challenge. I was an aquatic instructor before um, before becoming a developer, right? So it's non-tech related. Their systems were archaic. There was no coding, I promise you. And so, but essentially, I managed a team of like 26 people, four different types of positions. Um, and I had to keep the pool running. I had to make the department money. Um, aquatic specifically was kind of like a financial drain for the YMCA because that's where I worked. And, but mm. I could encourage through like you can get discounts through um, signing people up through swim lessons, et cetera. And it would bring tons of membership into the facility. So that's how it kind of compensated that. Fin- so I was managing financials. I was managing a program. I was managing staff, et cetera. But none of it was tech related. How can I relate that essentially to being a developer oh man well okay i'm gonna pretend like i know what being a developer is 100 percent like but i'll give you a taste right uh, i'm thinking of would my, you like me my... to give you a quick summary of what a developer is like well i mean there's a lot of coding i'm dating i'll tell you is back in my boyfriend's a back end guy right so that's that's in the, the, the world cool. of developing i think is that correct uh yeah back end development yeah right so he's in that world so i'll tell you this Right. Like you, like he, he tells me this all the time. He's like, I, you know, he doesn't ever want to be a manager. Like that's like his nightmare, but yet here you are, you've managed a team. I think, I assume other developers don't like the management piece of it. So if that's something you liked about your job, which I would ask you, did you like it? Did you love it? What did you like? What do you want to pull in? What would you want to do more? And that might be an aspect you hated, but that's something you can highlight and bring to the top because I imagine most developers have never done anything like that in their life or the financial piece, right? If there's, I know some developers do stuff with data, right? Like there's some financial data that you probably had some experience with knowing what the finances were at the pool. These are just examples I'm making up without having sure. asked you a million other questions. Uh, I do also want to add the girl that I was telling you, the young lady who was my intern did eventually got a job within like five days of me and her having this conversation about her loving to plan her sweet 16 with an event planner. I was like, you never know what the stuff can happen. When you can explain what you do and bring it to the top, that's so interesting. And maybe here's the other fun thing I'll tell you that is what I tell students all the time. What if you meet somebody who's hiring for the developer job who used to be, I don't know, like a diver or something related to swimming, or maybe they were at the YMCA camp when they were a child, right? There's personal connections that you can make there. And it's all about how you shape the story. 
of what you did there and what you did, which management skills. I'm hearing lots of stuff like that. Keep poking on me though. Tell me more. What's, what are your thoughts? What are your reactions? (laughs) <laughs> well, I like that. So you mentioned an aspect where like a lot of people's mindset is what skills that I learned on the job of being an aquatics director will translate into becoming a developer. Yeah. But, that, but that last thing that you mentioned is actually something no one thinks about. How can I relate to the interviewer? Maybe that interviewer Huge. was a lifeguard. Maybe that interviewer worked at the YMCA before. Yes. And that like I'm telling you that personal connection because my first developer job, everyone else had a technical interview. I didn't. Right. I was able to relate to my first manager because he did see uh, I live stream on Twitch. So he saw me code a little bit. But also I like most of the conversation, I was super nervous in the beginning. But then because he knew I was on Twitch, I was a gamer. And so we just talked video games like half the interview. (laughs) And that created like an awesome connection. And like that, I'm telling you, that interview went better than any other interview I've had. You're hitting on the biggest thing ever because I know there's a lot of introverts in this space too. Like the more you have in common, the dumber and the simpler, the easier it is to get a conversation started, especially if it feels very awkward being an interview. Uh, I always tell business clients, whatever, career seeking clients. Like I always say, this is a very shyly trademark. Sprinkle a little personal in there. Tell me you love swimming. Tell me you love to travel. Tell me you, I had one intern that was a, a bodybuilder. I'm like, that's interesting. Tell me the one lady I had many years ago where used to do marketing for the bulls like 20 years ago. And I was like, that's so cool. One lady I worked with studied zoology, but she does interior design. And I'm like, well, who's going to make design that's going to work for your pets? Tell me the details, right? Like there's so many stories. Like I had one lady, this is what we were talking about earlier, where you're connecting your other past experiences to what she was going to do. She went from working and educating in museum education to wanting to be a UX designer, right? So we're in this tech world, right? And I was like, you know, she wants to, she said the biggest thing that she loved about the museum work is that she can, you know, give an experience to people. She went from teaching in a small classroom, giving experience to 20 people, went to the museum, which was able to give her give experiences to hundreds of people. But she said that what she loved is like, she wanted to give more people experiences and she wanted to do that through websites and the internet. And I was like, huh, like your whole thing is making experiences. Wouldn't you want to hire a UX designer who's all about making experiences for your customers rather than. I know how to make a website work and I can do the research. That is a very, very different story. And I'm sure every person listening to this has that inside of them. They just don't know to validate it. I'm just processing. Uh-oh, your eyes. Looking at your face. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I think, so it, it's pretty obvious that um, that you've been doing this for a little bit. And I think you're touching on something that like it rarely gets said. It's it's focused on kind of like the driving factor of what you love to do and how you love to help people. And like like you said, with the UX, it's it's about this person that like it it wasn't even tech related. Right. She just loved the idea of creating experiences for people. And that translated into the type of UX designer. uh, UX person that yes. that person was going to be. It's not necessarily focused. Like I think sometimes people focus on like what technical skills do I need? What not even technical skills, but like what kind of skills do I actually need? And you're yeah. focused more on what unique part <laughs> of me is going to make me that kind of like unique UX designer, that unicorn type yes. of position that's actually going to make me stand out. Yes. I will say, uh, I'm just hearing you say all of this. It's like, you don't want to be a generic person, right? There's a million people who are back-end developers, a million people who are front-end developers, a million people who do all these things. And maybe they all have 
the same exact, you know, certifications or experience level is that if they can imagine you in that role or they say, oh, I really want your special sauce that Don has to offer, that makes it a very different sales moment for you because you're selling yourself a little bit, right? It means that you have a lens that you can't just buy with another developer that's just random, right? I always say this with lawyers. So you don't want any lawyer that's going to solve your medical injury case. You want to find a medical lawyer. You don't want to get a divorce lawyer to solve your you know, employment non-discrimination suit. You want to be the right person for it. And it just adds extra value to what you're doing. And I would say, marry this with what you know about developers. Like, I can't tell you it's all this kind of lovely storytelling is going to solve all your technical skills. So let's marry our knowledge together for your, your audience, right? Because I am not in the shoes of them when it's specifically for developers, but it all comes together. Uh, the other thing I'll say that I think is really cool about what you said earlier, you were talking about how the interviewer saw you on Twitch and saw you talking about stuff. The other angle here, and it's not for every single person on here. And I heard you say this on another episode of your show, uh, like if able people are able to, uh, I think it was you and this guy that we were talking about this developer role. We we're mentioning it earlier. I don't know if you or your uh, partner that show was saying that. Oh, if you have the time, if you're you have the capability, you have the privilege to spend time building a personal brand. Um, you know, it's not a bad thing to do to specialize, right? Like people know you are the expert at helping people who are figuring out if they want to be developers and how they can get into the industry. And for someone who maybe like wants to be a specific kind of developer, do you have a blog that explains your knowledge? Is it a Twitch channel that says, hey, here's, you know, here's what I think the industry needs to look like or whatever cool thing and angle you have that lets people basically have a free interview with you without ever getting on the phone. And I think that's something that people don't consider is that when they look you up on the internet, if they look you up in particular, right, there's so much content that shows that you're a genius. For a lot of people, it might just be their LinkedIn profile and their reputation, which is not bad but you can get way more information to your audience by sharing the unique lens that you have on the world to share how you use your expertise to help a company grow or whatever developer ROIs uh, might be there. Right. And that's a different story. And they're going to look you up and let people get that info before you. So you don't have to sell yourself as much on the phone call because it's already on the internet to showcase your greatness. (laughs) I like that. Uh, So you like that? (laughs) And that's the thing. It's like, you know, people talk about creating videos. So everyone, I think, has a different medium they prefer. Like for me, hate writing text. I absolutely hate writing blog posts. I just I I don't want to write and I don't (laughs) respond to a lot of my YouTube comments, but I will engage with people on live streams all day long. Right. So uh, but LinkedIn. It has live streams. It has video. It has images. It has. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of the live stream. First of all, like uh, it's not but, well, well done. I'm with you. It's a mess. They're but video, video is pretty powerful on LinkedIn, and even Insane. like writing. And so, like a lot of people get intimidated with this idea of like writing some of their expertise, even sharing about like the you know they're going through a project. Well, what were they even trying to solve with that project? Right. And they're intimidated because they're like, I got to write this giant blog post. I don't have time to do with that. I'm coding every day. Right. But LinkedIn uh, posts specifically, like they have a cap on characters. Usually it's going to be less than the normal amount of like content on a blog post. And so like it has a lot of different mediums for you to express yourself and give that free interview, like you said. So actually let's, um, let's dive into LinkedIn because I I do want to focus on this. What do you have or what advice do you have for aspiring developers where they can both increase their presentation on LinkedIn or exposure, however you want to word it. And um, even network. We'll, we'll start with like the presentation and exposure and content. Yes. So basically everything we just talked about here could be applied towards, look, I'm not a cover letter expert, but you could probably put stories about you and your transferable skills on a cover letter. I hate cover letters, but it is what it is. I haven't had to write one in a long, long time. 
Uh, the other thing I'll say, the story about what your vibe is or what kind of lens you take on the programming world, like that nugget should be in your about section. I think one of the wasted space that people have in general when they're trying to look for a job is that summary section that they put like, I did X, Y, Z at X, Y, Z company. I did this and I learned this skill. And I'm sure like there's, you know, listen to whoever's telling you to stuff keywords, if that's what like the real strategy is for your industry. But like, Mm -hmm. That also doesn't make me feel like you're a special person. If I'm a company or if I'm a recruiter, I want to know that you're like, like you said, the unicorn. What'd you call it? The unicorn, for, which I, that's, it's used a lot. What are you going to yeah. Does the unicorn exist? Whatever. They're rock star developer, whatever. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> like that I think is the simplest way to go. And I would say the dumbest mistake that I see, and this can apply with to the, business. With the summary, answer, are you yeah. talking about like under your experience, the summary of the position you just worked at? Sorry, the about section, I would say first and foremost. So I'm just using yours as an example. Oh, I'm looking at yours. Yours is very short. So I'm Kelly, can I tell you that feedback? Yours is yeah, very short. You have so much room to say things in there, but I actually do love what you said. You said, I help aspiring developers solidify their learning plan and job search strategy. Feel free to book a private one hour session with me if you're struggling to get that first. Oh, how cute. I love that you help people. It's so nice. Um, but like that, right? Like yours is a little more specific, but tell me the story. You have so many more paragraphs. So for the people that are looking for jobs that are listening to this, like I would say, um, tell me the unique angle in which you take your kind of work. Is there something that you appreciate? Is there something that you think your company benefited from you that was so unique to you. The more specific, the better. I would put a few personal nuggets in there like we talked about earlier. Like, tell me what you like, if there's any hobbies, any interests, maybe any nerdy things, because I imagine there's a lot of nerdy things in this space. Put a few of those if you feel comfortable. Don't You don't have to share your deepest, darkest secrets, but like, you like to cook? Mention that. You like to travel? Mention that. Um, some people mention their families. That has to be the right choice for you. So I would say that. The other thing, like, I don't know how deep I look into like each position, But like each job, you know, like I'm thinking for you, like the swim instructor, lifeguard, all of this stuff, like there's a story there, right? So sometimes I tell people like, write a little story, give me context for that experience. If you think somebody's going to read that deeply into it, is that priority number one for people? Eh, I would say less of a thing. I like your, like, I'm looking at you as an example, because they're all looking to you as an example. You do such a great job with, you have a, a, a beautiful banner image that tells exactly what your deal is. No BS advice for aspiring web developers. Amazing. You could, your listeners who are looking for a job could have some sort of insight there that tells people about who they are. Maybe it shows a picture of them developing. I don't know if that's, that's a little extra for your industry. Uh, But I also love that you tell people exactly what you solve in your headline, which for your people who are listening to this, um, they should do the same thing too. Like, yes, maybe they do Java or whatever. Maybe they do whatever the Python and I'm inserting buzzwords here, but put it, maybe they do all of that stuff, but you can also frame how you do that kind of work for customers and what it brings to your clients. And there's usually a story there. There's usually some sort of result. So I would say those are a few nuggets with LinkedIn. Um, and I have other nuggets on networking. I know we're going to dive into that too. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Yes. Let's see. I'm looking to see if I have, uh, I have some notes here as well, but thoughts on that so far. Sure. So I appreciate the feedback. I do. I actually forgot about my about section. So <laughs> now you left here with homework. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, apparently I'll, I'll put it to do, but like <laughs> I, so what do you think? I guess I'm going to ask a few questions. Go for what it. What do you think about endorsements? Do you think employers care about that? I don't from a business perspective, but I, I don't, I don't think so, but I'm also not in the hiring world. So if somebody, if it's like, if there's a lot of people saying that it's important, fine. I don't usually worry about it. I mean, I'm just looking at this. I think the only time I get really excited about stuff like that is if I see someone I know who's endorsed somebody that I want to hire, maybe I don't feel like that's going to be like the most on fire thing. 
but again, there might be some recruiters who say otherwise. I don't want to speak on their behalf because I am not a recruiter. So I don't know the whole landscape, but I don't think it's that important. All those things I said are more important. I would agree with you. And I, so there are several coding boot camps that will actually get students from the coding boot camp to endorse each other with a bunch of skills. And we did that in our coding boot camp. And it felt very, yeah. like, I feel like hiring managers kind of have the sense that aspiring developers do this now. And it's just like, Ugh. it's such a low value thing where, I don't know, the, the, I'm telling you, the faker you are. So we have a real problem becoming aspiring developers of hiring managers have to go through like hundreds of applications for entry level of, right. you know, easily over 100 people lying. And they have to distinguish that as quickly as Ugh. possible. They don't have time to do it. It like, and when you get caught in a lie, when you get caught in like stuff in your endorsements or even lying about the projects, like it put it, I've talked to dozens of hiring managers about this, like it puts a bad taste in their mouth and immediately it's like a red flag in the interview. Ugh. Right. And so stuffing endorsements, it, it just feels like it, it's not going to be worth your time. Yeah. It's not going to move the needle as much as other things will. But like so. the header, you actually mentioned this idea Huge. for the heading banner or header banner, like do you actually feel like well so you painted this picture of like put your picture on it and you coding you mentioned if you maybe want. that's <laughs> well so what would be the ideal thing that aspiring developers could do there that is effective well i really love what you did because you literally like boiled some information to the top like if they know visual design or if they know how to use canva you could put more information on there of like how you want to be shaped or how you want to be seen um is that going to be the most again on fire thing i would say that the headline and your um like about section are probably bigger priority, but I would say having something there where it's showing you off a little bit. If you have pictures, great. I wouldn't say it's super duper urgent to have pictures, but um, I like how you did it. Like if anybody wants to see Don's LinkedIn profile, it's lovely. No BS advice for spying web developers. Okay, great. Like I, like you could say like what your thing is when it comes to whatever type of programming you're involved with. Like I like to, you know, make it, I'm really good at it. Like I have a client right now who's a programmer guy and his, he's got a really great skill. He knows how to explain, like he explained Git, GitLab to me a few weeks ago. And I, you know, I'm not the person that's probably going to be on GitLab very often. He literally explained to me in a matter of like 20 minutes or less how to use GitLab. And now I feel really confident in it. If you're a developer and you're facing, let's say uh, a non-programmer, non-techie person that you have to interface with, like my like I'm thinking of like my boyfriend's company and like he has to talk to people who are who are like account managers and, you know, account managers and, and programmers, they don't always speak the same language. And so like if it, like this guy, this client I have is very, very good at explaining stuff to non-techies in a way that they can understand. So that's a special sauce that you could highlight for people that like, oh, I'm really good at, you know, explaining programming to mortals or something. I don't know. Um, like that's something that's really, really valuable for a company, right? Or, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know how valuable is this 10X developer thing, if that's like old news now. I don't know if it's valuable to companies, mention it. If it's stupid, let me know. Cause I don't know. You know your space. I saw you it's, nodding your head. It's kind of stupid. <laughs> so it's stupid. So let's say not that, but like, you know, the, the value is that you have some sort of special angle in which you do the work that you do. And that's what you want to boil to the top because you're competing against people with the same skills as you. But you have if you can highlight your specialty in there, maybe that makes it easier for the programmer to be like or the recruiter to be like, oh, yes, you um, what you bring to the table that is unique on top of whatever skills you want to get hired for. Um, that's an idea. <laughs> I like There's that. a lot of ways to do it. 
<laughs> and, and so there are a few ways where developers can stand out. One, you mentioned being able to explain technical concepts to non-technical people. That, that Huge actually, value. That's a big skill that developers lack. And no matter like what uh, end of the spectrum of like where in the stack you're going to be coding, like that's going to really be valuable. That's going Huge. to. So I think a lot of developers like, again, focus too much on technical, but they they are also problem solvers. And they also the more you can start thinking about the business Tell requirements that, yeah. and like that yeah. is going to be super valuable. And other people, the thing is like. You know, CTO isn't the only person that's kind of like going to influence the hiring process for the engineering team as well. It's like, you know, I remember being interviewed by design UX uh, product manager mm. as well um, for my first company. And that like being able to relate to people of different fields through in do use non-technical jargon. That was huge. Like it gave me a little bit of a boost. So if you could do that, yes. that's actually fantastic. Huge. I like, I want to echo what you're saying one more time is that like, there's all these things about like different, like, like how you communicate was one of them. And then you said something else about, um, what was the other thing you said that was like a people's person, like a people skill that would make you stronger. You said something being brilliant a, a minute ago, being able to relate to someone with non-technical jargon. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's huge. Right. Boiling it down, being specific, knowing even how to speak on this stuff. Like I remember, um, like I do a lot of public speaking and I have some friends who do it too. And this guy uh, was on stage. He told me this story. He's like, he was on stage with like all these like fancy PhDs who know all this technical stuff that was like very, very specific. And there was four of them. And he was kind of like more newer to the space. He didn't have any of the credentials. All three of those other people were super boring and not engaging and not interesting. And he got people mobilized, curious and excited. Who do you think got called back and hired again to do a speaking engagement? The guy that knew how to like make it fun and exciting. That applies for everybody, right? You're the person that's translating all this tech stuff for people who are learning. And you're a, a perfect example of that, right? You're taking all this stuff that is very hard to find and you're making it easy for people to find on a silver platter, which go you for doing that. Um, but that's what your people can do for themselves too, right? Um, other weird hack is that your headline on LinkedIn, If I hope they didn't get rid of this, but you can actually edit it on your phone and you get way more room to write details on there. Some people don't like the aesthetics of having too many words, but like you can stuff it with potentially what you want people to hire you for, but also what you did, which is tell people what you really solve. Um, and I think that's really, really huge, right? Um, I think that's that's a fun little hack. I, I put a lot of information in my LinkedIn profile, but you know what? I don't regret it, but you make your own aesthetic decisions <laughs> about how you do your profile. Um, but yeah, tell people that story. That's going to make getting that position so much easier. I'll make you sh extra shiny for the recruiters if you're trying like to play it. that game. What about the featured <laughs> section? What do you think developers should put there? Ooh. Uh, I like, well, so I know you have a creator account, so they're probably unlikely mm -hmm. to have a creator account. Let me go see if I can find an example of someone who doesn't have a creator account. Um, it shows up. So you don't have a featured section. Oh, I don't think it, do you have a featured section if you don't have a, a premium account? No, I'm not. It's actually been a while. That's a good question. Um, it might not show. I don't. I think it might just be a creator mode thing. But if I'm wrong, please call me out on it. But uh, I would say you also have the featured section in your experience. Some people could put graphics in there. So within each job position, do you need it? No. But if you really want to get artsy with it, there's free real estate there that could be helpful. Um, that's something to consider. The other thing to keep in mind, and you do have past activity. So 
some of the people listening to this might comment, let's say on your content, right? And that has the ability to populate to your network. It's like, oh, John wrote a thoughtful comment, check it out. Uh, so a lot of the last things you engage with will show up in your activity section. And so this is, there's a couple hacks to this. So we were talking a little bit about networking too, but let's say you comment on something that shows you understand something about something technical, right? Potentially people can see that and say, oh, Don knows X, Y, Z thing that's technical. It almost serves you like content. If you comment and engage with other people's stuff, your network will see you. The other thing is looking at the activity section of somebody you want to like impress. Maybe it's a developer, another developer who could hire you, get that nice commission check for bringing you into their company, or maybe it's a recruiter that you really admire. Uh, if you like love and comment on their stuff, especially if they're not the most popular person on LinkedIn, you're going to look like the nicest person in the world, making them feel like a celebrity. Uh, I do... I'll give you an example when this kind of happened once. So I did a bunch of workshops. I do a lot of LinkedIn training, especially I love like the young women trying to get into tech. I don't know if I mentioned that to you, but I did a whole thing for GirlCon, which is this like women's, young women's conference for like teenage women who want to do tech in the long run. And I did another workshop for this kind of age group. And I said, like, who do you admire? Who do you wish you can get their attention of? And they said, uh, oh, you know, it'd be so cool if we talked to the founder of House Party, which I think just recently died, unfortunately, but it was, it happened to be a woman CEO. And so these young women were looking up to her as like, wow, she could be a role model. So I looked her up on LinkedIn and she was very popular on there. And then I looked her up on Twitter and I realized she was posting content on a regular basis and not like barely anybody was engaging with her. And I told these young women, I'm like, you could go on Twitter tomorrow, respond to all of her posts and engage with her, make her feel so special when she's dying for attention. And who do you think would have an open door to having a conversation with her, maybe getting introduction for an internship or a position or whatever. And it's funny because all these people maybe are trying to get, you know, people to react to their stuff. And if you're that one nice person, what a great way to make you shine to them or whatever the thing is that you want without having to like ask for a favor or feel like you have to like reach out to someone. It's a great way for you to show up like very friendly in a loving way. Like gratitude is free. Like telling people you appreciate them is free. So if there's anybody who's listening who loves Don, tell him, send him a DM. I'm sure it'll make your day. Uh, so that's one, one other hack about what you can do with the, that section of like what content, the activity section. You can't control it necessarily, but it does, can't hurt. Um, let's let's pause there that's yeah a lot of good advice i <laughs> so i have kind of i've been trying to learn about the activity section because i mean you can do most recent activity but i think by default it's sort by top and top necessarily isn't the most like uh engaged post necessarily but like one thing i noticed i want you to correct me if i'm wrong Please. if i am if someone DMs me or they comment or they engage with my material, their feed, whatever they're doing, has a higher chance of getting like on my front page and getting noticed. So is that true? Because if it's true, you can engage with hiring managers. You can engage with recruiters where mm -hmm. that all of a sudden you're at the top of their attention at the top of their feed. Is that true? Uh, Kind of because like there's you get. Basically, what happens is when you comment on someone else's stuff, it'll show it to your network. And they'll say, oh, Don commented on this. And so that does repopulate on people's feeds sometimes. Um, 
especially if you're, you're somebody who doesn't like your thing you mentioned earlier, like if you're stressed out about writing a blog post, so that happens. I don't know if that exactly is what you're talking about, but, but I'm actually talking about it. specifically, like if you engage with their content, LinkedIn will prioritize your content. It's not just like exposing, like, I know what you're talking about. Like if, uh, if someone in your network actually likes it, um, you can actually see it on the feed that they liked it. But I'm talking about specifically, cause I've heard this advice from other people as well. Um, it, DMs are really powerful, right? If you DM someone that you're connected with, that person will actually see more of your post on their feed if they have that sort by top selected. Interesting. You know, this is interesting. So the, the algorithm stuff is, it's tricky. So I coach a group of like some, I don't know, 40 or 50 consultants. How to get more clients on LinkedIn through one of my clients. And I always tell them this, like algorithms are important but algorithms can change. And so maybe this might be an up is the algorithm that I haven't cut on to. I think you and I as content people, like maybe this for us to worry about it a little bit more is okay. But if we're telling developer friends who are trying to figure out their social media game or their LinkedIn game, I don't want them to get too sucked into the rabbit hole of algorithms. Maybe they learn it from us, but they, they shouldn't get too deep into it because if this is an update that I don't know about, like, hey, that's scary. But what I can count on is if my network is there. I know a lot of developers get their jobs through referrals from friends. And if you're, you know, 20 best uh, programmers are on your list. I don't know. I hope there's women listening to this too. But if you're 20 15%. best programmers, 15%, yes, go down. I love it. But uh, you get your, uh, your programmer friends. If you have your best 20 or 30 people on there and they see you on a regular basis, they might be able to say, hey, you know, we have a job for you at XYZ company. And that is potentially more valuable than anything. And to give you a little bit of a LinkedIn nugget, right, is when you think about how many people post on LinkedIn, maybe I don't know if all the developers need to be posting, but when you think about how many people post on LinkedIn, it's a very, very small population compared to the people who like view stuff on LinkedIn. So if you're like one of the handful of people that post content consistently, there's a very high chance that when someone in your network goes on LinkedIn, even if it's every two weeks or so, your content will still boil to the top because so few people in their network are posting regularly. So there's almost this like guarantee that people will see whether they like it or engage with it or not. They're called <laughs> that people are lurking. So I want people to think about that instead of being super like overwhelmed by the algorithm because that's something you can't it's control fair. and it's forever changing. But you can control your network. So if you have good people in your network, they will see your stuff and potentially they will look at your profile. So make it ready for them. <laughs> I like that. I and I I mean even touching on what you just said uh, a while ago with that woman that would just tweet a bunch wasn't getting tons of engagement. Yeah. Um, I'm so developers so 90% of my audience when I pulled this a while back I'll probably want to do a new poll cuz I'm curious but 90% of people want to work for themselves eventually. And a lot of people mm -hmm. do want to create content but they're just most people are just scared to. They're scared to get like the yeah. type of reaction they don't know what they're going to get and they're scared people are going to judge them etc. And so but when developers start, like they do po make a post about like a new app they created or they talk Ooh. about like they like accessibility. They're like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm going to sound stupid, et cetera, but I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to share my opinions. And then when they get no engagement, you, you know, as a content creator, it takes it's hard on you. Like and it takes a while to get used to not like really looking at the analytics, but all these new developers and CTOs and recruiters that are trying to put themselves out there. I, like you said, when you engage with them, like that brightens up their day. That's huge. And that gets you noticed. And what happens when you engage with managers and developers on the team of the company that you are applying to? Because like one of the first things that companies will do is like before they put their job posting out there, be like, OK, engineers, um, 
do you have any friends? Do you know anyone that we can hire? Do you have any personal recommendations? That's one of the first things they do before they even put that job posting out there usually, or they'll kind of pair it at the same time. But what happens when you've been engaging with people on that team and they do put that job posting out there? Or do you think like engaging with people on LinkedIn is a good strategy, uh, good strategy, even if you do put your resume in, like, is that worth your time to engage with people on the team if you're trying to apply to a company? Oh my gosh. I would hope so. Again, not a recruiter here, but like the more relationships you have, the better. What do they say? Like most jobs never get posted. Right. But also too, Mm -hmm. I know this industry gets a lot of from recruiters. I think that's like a big funnel of positions. Uh, But yeah, if you have friends, like you want your friends to know what you're looking for. You want your friends to see you regularly as being awesome. Now, granted, you know, I hear from developers that they really hate LinkedIn because of the the amount of recruiters that harass them uh so i know that's like a thing not <laughs> but, for aspiring uh, developers recruiters usually oh, okay. don't reach out to new developers so you got to make yourself look like you're a sh- like shining example actually can i give you an example of somebody wonderful that maybe maybe she might if you're like maybe she'll get on your show because she could be a really interesting person for you uh one of my longest dearest friends dashel barka she's all over twitter i think 10.3k followers i don't know how she's doing this what she did she was not a developer but she has she loves lucid dreaming like that is her passion one of her passion things she's trying to build a tool for lucid dreaming and originally she's like well i need coding so she's like well i should just hire someone to code for me and then she got so frustrated with like all the stuff that she started to figure out how to program so that she could make this device and so you know in the in the like while she was studying to learn that she was doing like i don't know if you've heard of build in public i think is the hashtag on twitter where i guess you can watch people build their technology from scratch and you can see their whole progression but she publicly showed how she was learning to code she did like 100 days of code challenge right like that's an easy piece of content for people to showcase like what you're learning every single day. Like if I'm going to hire like a newbie developer, like somebody who's that determined to take this extra work on, not everyone has the time to like, that says a lot about who you are. So what she did, she built in public and now she knows all this programming stuff and she essentially built her own like wish list uh, service called wish tender. And she just broke 15 K in revenue, this in profits, like straight up profits. Um, and it's just her and her uh, partner. Then like that, you know, she's married to like, that's it him and her like running the whole thing, but she basically started and did all, does all the coding and she she's built this thing from zero. It's absolutely mind blowing because she also, like many of your listeners were starting from zero. Did she ever take a boot camp? No, but she like studied like crazy all over the internet. She's a great story. Maybe I'll tell her. I'm like, hey, be done. Uh, she did yeah. a lot of that stuff and she made a lot of friends um, through one-on-one DMs for to build up her product. And you could potentially do that with potential people who might hire you, right? If you can be kind to them, um, if you can give context to why you're reaching out to them, I know some people don't love the vague messages, huge, make it, um, make it feel like you wrote it for them. I think a lot of people will copy and paste like, Hey, I want to get a job at your company. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Tell them what you can do for them. See where you can be helpful for them. Engage with their content. Like that's, a okay, I got to pause. I got to pause. I got to rant. Um, so rant, right there, do it. <laughs> what do you think? advice, the number of aspiring developers that, apps they'll just post that message like hey um so actually i'll start with me people will dm me saying hey can you help me find a job like but what who who the fuck are you like i i don't right. know you i <laughs> you know how many dms i get as i grow my content like why should Huge. i help you get a job when you know like i've i've connected and engaged with so many people and i know that's really hard to yeah. hear but like i think developers especially aspiring developers need to get into the habit of like well what value can i provide even if it's just like hey um i saw your linkedin post like you know i know you kind of have a contract 
controversial opinion about accessibility, but like I actually vibe with that. Um, I appreciate you posting that. Right. So uh, even if it's just relating and, and like giving people some Huge. sort of validation, that's the value you provide. That's way different than, hey, I want a job at your company. Um, can you get me hired? And I'm telling you, so many people will type that message. So many people will type that really basic bare bones message of you do something for me, even though you don't know me. Huge. And I'm going to pick a bone with your audience, potentially, if they're doing this to you, because or not your audience, if random strangers are doing this to you, it breaks my heart because you you give away so much content on the Internet that like like people can like get so many answers without ever having talked to you. And you also make it really accessible because you have a link to say, hey, like purchase purchase a session with me, right? Like how generous is that you're willing to give up your time to help these people because you love it and you're passionate about it. Like that's huge. I'll give you an example from my world. Like I have a blog on my, and I would probably add this show to it as well, uh, where I literally like people are like, Oh, what do I do for my career? Or, like a friend will hit me up and they're like, Shiley, do you help with LinkedIn? And like, they're not necessarily like, you know, they're not good. They're not ready to book a session or anything like that, but I really want to help people. And I can't obviously scale my time. I can't be there for everybody. So I made a collection of all of my tips for LinkedIn and all these resources. And I put it on my, awesome. uh, your social media Sherpa blog that has all these videos and stuff. You can watch me give LinkedIn trainings to other institutions. And you could literally watch that content. And it's as if you talk to me, right. And if you want to go further, like, you know, you give me a call and we'll see what I can do for career people. But like, they have you, they should call you, right? Like you have probably stuff like, Hey, you know, check this content out first. If you really care about these people and you have the time, here's this resource Here's all my tips. You know, it, you know, one of the things that also bothers me, it happened at a networking event where people, this guy knew like I was good at social media and he like hit me up and he's like, Oh yeah, you know, I'd love to partner with you and learn from you. And I'd love you to mentor me. And I'm like, who the F are you? And I had sent him this exact link with all of this information that was going to help him. And I'm like, you know, before he should have said anything to me, he should have at least shown me that he at least tried to take some of the free advice I gave him before he hit me up. Right. And it's just like you said, like if they like like something that you posted about, you know, boost someone's ego a little bit. It doesn't cost you much, but it'll make people so much more receptive to making connections for you. And like I said earlier, they're invested because potentially maybe they'll get a referral bonus. I don't know if it's the same for new developers, but like if they bring you in and they hire you, they might be a perk for them. So make it easier for them to feel like, you're a nice person that are, is worth their time. So absolutely huge. Oh, here's another hack. I didn't even mention this. If you have any mutual contacts with people that you want to impress, use that in your intro message, right? If we have any, like I see people that like I, I've met over the years who follow you and I'm like, oh, that gives me more context of who you are. If all these cool people are following you. Oh my gosh, this guy must be amazing. I believe it. You're fabulous. <laughs> uh, that's also a nice little hack to keep in mind. I like that. Right? Um, I, I so <laughs> just processing. I'm looking again. at your face. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I feel like I feel like a lot of aspiring developers. Again, this kind of goes back to a lot of aspiring developers can do really great things in the world. And I, the way a lot, especially when you kind of start getting into this logical mindset, you start trying to identify problems in the world and how you're going to solve that through technology. That is a very, very marketable and paid skill. And it's so powerful. And I love that developers are starting to to value themselves more, but the problem is a lot of people are Comedies don't want developers that are just code monkeys anymore, that just sit there and code. They want people that actually I help the business identify problems, help identify bugs in your code or how features are going to negatively impact users beforehand. And like even the way that aspiring developers will approach other people, it 
often shows that they have a long way to go to improve their soft skills. And that's okay. I am someone that like had to really work at this. It's something I still work with, but like, I think a lot of aspiring developers, (laughs) they just, they, I don't know if it's, they don't really value it as much. They don't think it's going to be effective, but like even the way you engage with people on LinkedIn, on social platforms, like really practicing that really uh, focus on like active listening when you're talking with people and like just the type of engagement you're you're almost training yourself to be this developer that everyone wants to work with not this brilliant developer that can solve you know uh the toughest algorithm right like th- there are so many developers that can do that already you want to be yeah. a developer that people want to engage and work with and you want to be the developer that listens to other people and like you can demonstrate that even just with your initial engagement with people huge so so huge like there's so many aspects of oneself that goes beyond the coding and if you're competing against thousands of people or new devs showing that story or that taste or that ambition or your background and how that relates to what you can do for somebody huge how your world mission relates to tech maybe right like i love every time i see like i hate that this is real but like you know diversity and like getting women in tech is so minimal but if you have a story like uh, one of the students that came to one of my trainings, like she has a whole organization that's trying to empower young women to get into tech and she volunteers her time doing that. I'm like, what a great story to share, right? If anything, you know what? This is the side nugget. Tell me if this is relevant to your people. There are so many places where you can volunteer if you have the time to do it, to volunteer and help kids learn how to code. And somebody who's new to coding could probably be a great person for that. I think they even pay people to do that. So when keep I was, that in mind. When I was starting <laughs> out... Um... Yeah, sometimes. So with traditional education, usually. So I had uh, like colleges and schools reach out to me when I was just starting to build an audience. But I think a lot of traditional education, um, they really they're behind on times. Their curriculum is usually old. And so it's great that if you can come in and educate, but they also will try to validate the value that you you can bring based on like you need to be a professional developer with this type of college degree in this. So that's, that's the issue with it. But if you do build an audience, you can get past that. If you can build an audience, that's also another form of proof, social proof that you can provide value. So there, there are tons of programs that where uh, schools are craving people to volunteer their time to come into schools and especially schools that really don't have strong technical programs or introduce technical careers. You can be that person that provides that exposure for that school that just didn't have a good program to be able to do that. Yeah. And, And I think for especially in the world, like I'm a millennial, we love mission driven things. Like if you can go into an interview saying, hey, like I really care about the future of programming. And if somebody else is just like, I left a boot camp last week and I'm living the fantasy of like, I'm going to instantly get a job, but you're not like, <laughs> but if you have that extra volunteer experience, it helps a ton. Like I'll, I know from like, I know, uh, well, general assembly, I was a case study project for UX students and I, oh, it was the most amazing experience. And one of the students had like multiple, this, the student that had um, really great educational background who loved writing and who like really wanted to learn UX. I was like, great. And they were passionate and they were the only person in the group to like reach out and say like, Hey, like, do you need more help outside of the program? And I hired her and I said, Hey, yes. But that gave her paid experience to like doing the job that she wanted to get. And, and actually her and then another group member from that same team, I was both their, um, their person, uh, what do they call, uh, 
reference call for their jobs and both of them. Now, granted, they're both amazing, but I think I put a little cherry on top when I said amazing things about them because I'd worked with both of them and they were absolutely wonderful. But it, it was more than just I was a case study. Project. It was like they really went above and beyond to help me. And I was able to hire one of them afterwards. And it was great. Like there's, you know, if you showcase, you know, what you can do for someone, you give them the possibilities. If you can open up the possibilities for someone who wants to hire you beyond, hey, I have XYZ skill. Like that's magical. I have XYZ skill and I can communicate well. I have XYZ skill and I used to work in customer service when I was in high school. Like, I don't know, I'm making this up, but like that can make a huge difference depending on the kind of company and the company culture that you're buying into. Don't be generic. I, like <laughs> I think we, I, I think we really honed in. Yeah. Cause I, I don't even know what I'm going to title this now. I'll figure that out. But I think we really honed in more on the mindset that, uh, of what well, we essentially honed in on presentations. We expanded a little bit past LinkedIn, but I think the idea of being able to relate who you are, your previous experience and what makes you unique, bringing that into being a developer, that's, what's going to make you stand out among hundreds of applicants to, of every single entry position. Um, the, yes. the one thing, Oh shoot. Okay. So we have about six minutes left. I want to be cautious of our I'm time. I'm flexible. So. I'm flexible. Do what you got to do. This is a great I, show. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I want to ask one more question and then, you know, feel free to share any feedback that you haven't shared yet so far. So, Ooh, OK, I I'm a big proponent that developer or I always advocate for developers to create content. You had mentioned the story of, you know, your person that she essentially was into lucid dreaming she eventually wanted to build an app she shared her coding story through 100 days of code which i'm actually going to caution people like take a break please don't do 100 days straight i'm telling you you're going to drive yourself nuts <laughs> but like the idea of like being consistent and marking on your calendar i'm going to yes. do yeah do it like that's five huge. days a week or something like that and take the weekend Maybe. off that's huge um, i like that <laughs> but um anyways sharing your story Again, that's what helped me or sharing your live coding experience, sharing how you're growing as a developer. Yes. That's what helped me skip my technical interview for my first job. But I, I do think um, I do think algorithm type tips could help content creators. Um, can you share any tips you know of with the LinkedIn algorithm? Like, for example, would it make more sense to write out a post or would it make more sense to create a video about your experience? Ooh, I'll say this. Either route, this is a big thing. Actually, this is a technical nugget that would help people. This goes with your profile and it goes with your content. With your profile, there is a summary section, right? What happens is LinkedIn only shows you like the first like two lines and you have to click see more if you want to read the rest of it. I'm sure it's like some sort of data capture or something to see how engaged your profile is. But the same thing goes for your content. They'll only show you the first two lines and maybe they'll show you the like intro graphic of your video if it's a video. If you don't hook people and tell them why they should give their minutes of their time to watching the video, no one's going to read it. For example, like I'll see podcast hosts doing episode 23 with Shiley. I'm not a celebrity. They don't know who Shiley is. Maybe they do. I don't know, but they don't know who I am. I'm not a mega star. What does episode 23 mean to me? Nothing. Like, but if you say, Hey, be unforgettable in a hundred days, wait, I want to learn about being unforgettable in a hundred days. Like that's a very different title. That's a very different description. So I would say making the cream go to the top is huge because if you, do, if nobody clicks see more, it tells LinkedIn algorithm that maybe people don't want to read this article. 
So you want people to want to click and continue the, the text so that they read more. I, like you, I do not, I love live streaming. It's my favorite medium. Uh, unfortunately, I wanted to be a LinkedIn live person, but I really, again, like you, I don't love the technology that they've put to it, but I'm glad it's there. They're working on it. I miss Periscope, bring it back, whatever. Um, <laughs> I used to love Periscope, but, uh, but like, yeah, videos do well. Like videos are doing well right now. I think it changes all the time. Text graphics don't always do well. One thing I would say is don't, you don't want to post something that takes people off the platform. And if you do like the LinkedIn algorithm, like LinkedIn wants you to be obsessed with LinkedIn. They don't want you to leave. So if you post a YouTube video or an external link, that also doesn't help. Like I've seen people post their portfolios or whatever. I'm like, that's fine. But like, if you can put it in a comment and say, Hey, click here for my portfolio, maybe that's a little better on the algorithm, but you want people to click, see more. You want people to click the play button. You want people to be hooked. So if you just start rambling, you're like, hi, I'm Shiley. And here's what I have to say today. It's probably what the, I mean, you know, YouTube really well. Like you don't start with like, hello, my name is, you want to hook people. So whether it's the text or the video, if you hook people and people say, Hey, I want to keep reading it. That's going to tell the algorithm, Hey, this person's rocking it. Um, I also like right now I'm liking posting on Tuesday mornings on my schedule and like East or uh, central time, like eight ish, nine ish, 10 ish. Um, can that change? Yes. But I would say the reason why is like, is like I said earlier in the show, uh, because I'm one of the few people in my network that consistently posts on LinkedIn, uh, like they will see my content when they sign on to LinkedIn. It's a very high percentage chance. And so like when I post, what was I going to say? They're going to see my stuff. And I don't even know where I was going with this. Um, I don't know where I was going with this, but they'll see my stuff and it'll, it'll show up. So just know it has longevity, right? So when I post on a Tuesday, like people are still on LinkedIn on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, if I post on like a Friday afternoon, if I don't get engagement within the first, I don't know, five or six hours, like it's probably gonna be dead because it's the weekend. So the earlier in the week, I think sometimes helps, but again, you don't have to post a million times, but you know, if somebody, a recruiter is looking through your profile or not a recruiter, a, I don't know, somebody that might want to hire you looks through your profile, like that kind of feed might help them get more context for who you are. So, and you can like apply that. that same content to your website or other places too. So maybe yeah, even I on mean, the resume, <laughs> check out my LinkedIn post. I don't know. Tell people where you want them to look, right? Posting a, so that's actually um, really important. So I see people that will post, uh, they'll post an article or they'll kind of talk about like something they just created or a project, a link to their GitHub, their YouTube video. Yeah. But they do it on the post themselves. You basically said like the key thing, every single platform is it's not just LinkedIn. They want you yeah. to stay on their platform. So you mentioned the idea of posting a comment instead where yeah. the actual main post will probably get more engagement because people are going to stick there and then it won't yeah. take that post away just because they clicked on the comment or... Uh, it will, it's like less like LinkedIn is less annoyed with it because it's in the comment. Like, Hey, if you want the link, go to the comment. Or one thing that I started to do is like, you know, like I, I give away like a collection of all of my favorite LinkedIn profiles. It has the bottom of it. The bottom of the list has a lot of career seeker ones, for example, especially like career, like women trying to get into tech. So there's some good inspiration for, for your people. But I tell people, Hey, go to your social media Sherpa. And I sometimes write the word dot com. And then I say, go to this section and you'll find the way to sign up so that I'm not putting a link outwards. Now, LinkedIn might get more creative with this. Um, so I saw like one of these algorithm obsessed people, again, be careful with being too in the rabbit hole here of algorithms. And he said like, oh, if you comment on the first, if you're the first person to comment on your own post, that also might hurt you. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. So sometimes I waited for someone else to comment and then I'll add my comment. But I'm like, so like 
I literally, I like have gone insane overthinking this, and I don't want that same right psychotic that's thought for us to, to go happen insane to your over. people like maybe like we are content people maybe we spend some time on it but you have to remember the right people yeah. it's like this is what i tell all my clients the right people the right information if you can put them together which for a lot of these people your network's on linkedin if you can tell them some of your programming stuff things you've built how you how you got excited oh my gosh the dumbest thing they should put on your profile maybe this is for you too how did you get into programming why did you go down this route what do you love about it like that will give people so much context what do you wish the programming world understood that you get? Like, these are all such juicy things that if you can make it easy for someone to hear that story from you, oh my gosh, there's a chance to say like, yeah, I want to talk to them, right? Just like you stacked the deck with all this content that made you skip your technical interview, they should stack the deck with insights. It'll make them look like the shining developer that this company is dreaming to hire. I like it. <sighs> so that's good advice for you. Oh my gosh. Yes. So and look, if, if your people want to follow me on LinkedIn, they can totally do that. And you never know, I might throw a nugget their way. Like, who knows? So, <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, this was even helpful for me. And I think, um, oh, good. <laughs> I think more people are interested in this, these kind of tips than you realize. Uh, but like you said, you've got to be careful of what you focus on and going down that rabbit hole. Because yes. um, even for content creators, we need to be careful of it because a lot of it's ineffective, even just because it starts affecting our mental health and et cetera. And we got to look out for that. So, but like, Huge. as far as a lot of the LinkedIn tips, advice, um, I think, so the big thing is, and I, I'm just going to be blunt about this. Um, Linked, LinkedIn tends to, LinkedIn has a lot of fake posts and inauthenticity and it, it almost feels, you know, like basically putting your own dog down a well and videotaping it getting rescued. And like, I, I think a lot of people don't oh. believe a lot of these stories. They sound so made up and it's pushed so many people away from LinkedIn where like, and I can tell you, I've talked to my audience about it. You uh, trim your feed get rid of people like that, that like, that is the best tip. Yeah. Focus on your <laughs> mental health. I'm telling you, I probably get rid of about, and now I'm going big time, like at least 50 people a week. I just start, I'm Whoa. eliminating my connections. And so just because I used to add people all the time and I'm, I'm just trying to trim it. My feed is so much better now. And then Same. the LinkedIn platform for people that like are tired of this, you know, inauthenticity and just people are posting for likes. Um, you can start create. You're going to find that like, if you connect with the right people, you're going to start getting the engagement that you want for your authentic content, for your content that actually provides value and provides a lot of substance. Like there are tons of people on LinkedIn where like, they are also tired of that. And they're just kind of just sharing their story. They're not trying to be fake about it. They're not trying to get like, so connect with people that, you know, are going to, you know, emulate that style of LinkedIn that you want to see. It's, it's actually yes. pretty huge. This is everything. If you're a good, like human that's normal and competent and kind, there's other normal, competent and kind yes. humans that you can connect with. And if those, you know, if your 500 connections are all really nice, good people, those are the 500 people that are going to see you every time you show up. And those people matter. And that's, that's the magic of LinkedIn. You can get the right people to see the right information from you. It's going to maybe make their life better and make your life better too. Yeah. 100 uh, yes oh brilliant so brilliant so you're wonderful. that's pretty much it um <laughs> i feel like it's a lot of good advice I, I really appreciate you coming on but i definitely want to give yes. you an opportunity to share all your stuff so people want to reach out to Ooh. you anything else any services you're offering um oh my gosh Ooh, so your social media sherpa.com 
one of the things that I really loved about doing this today is I, I love, love, love coming into companies, to schools, to institutions, to talk about how to be unforgettable on LinkedIn and how to really showcase what makes you special on the internet. So that's something I love. So if there's anybody in the audience that wants me to like, like do a little bit of what I did here with their community, I'd love to come visit your institution and, and do a training. Uh, that's one thing. The other thing I mentioned earlier is I have a collection of all of my favorite LinkedIn profiles. I just keep adding to it randomly uh, whenever I see someone doing something cool. And so if you go to yoursocialmediasherpa.com, you'll see a bunch of pop-ups that say, get my favorite LinkedIn profiles. And you will get my favorite LinkedIn profiles and you'll get really, really easy social media tips to your inbox every other week. Stay as little or as long as you want. They're a little bit business themed, but they should be able to apply for developers too, if you get creative. Uh, Also, what else? I do have another video I have these things I call like hacks for sale in my shop on my website. And they're pre-recorded videos where I give all my tips and tricks. There's one that's specifically on LinkedIn. It's a little more businessy focused, but it'll have more of these like algorithmy things, how to write posts, all this kind of stuff. Um, so you can purchase that on there. And I usually tell people if they have questions after they sign up for one of these things, I'm happy to like DM them on LinkedIn and answer a few questions for them. So they're not totally stuck there with something they're like, oh my gosh, about. Uh, but like I told you, there's tons of videos of me talking about LinkedIn tips and tricks and stuff on my YouTube channel, on that blog about how to like do networking and LinkedIn. There's tons of videos on this topic. So I'm, I'm not a stranger. You can find me on the interwebs and beyond to keep cheering you on. So that's Shiley Hakimian at yoursocialmediasherpa.com. Okay, shtick, shtick complete. But uh, it's fun. <laughs> Love it. A lot Thank of good you. energy from you. Oh, I love it. You too. I love what you're doing and people need, people need this support. And somebody, I even did a podcast with some UX students who are in the struggle that I'm sure you have survived and your people are in right now. And it's, it's a tough thing, right? These schools, these boot camps, they want you to get that career. They're, they're dangling this very lucrative business for people, but it's, they don't always hand you to the place in which you can get the position. So it's people like you that are helping them bridge the gap from their schools and institutions to where they're going to go in their career. So I commend you for it. So keep up the good. (laughs) I appreciate the kind words. I do. Yes. Let us know what you thought about the comments. I feel like there, there's a lot of depth to even just um, engaging with the developer community in general. We talked a lot about presentation, et cetera. So if you're on YouTube, um, you know, let me know what you thought about these tips. Have you tried them? Do they not work? Do they work? Uh, but also Ooh. if you want to hear any other tips, definitely let us know. But uh, Shiley, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Now you've inspired me. I'm like, should I offer more of these trainings for people? And I'm like, you know what? If they're a developer, they should call you because you have a very easy way to book your trainings on your website. Um, not something I do every day, but if somebody really wants that help, feel free to give me a ring. And I'm going to leave you on my favorite social media quote. Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. So I didn't write this, but I feel like I wish I did. It's about social media is about the people, not about your business, your career, or whatever. Provide for the people and the people will provide for you. I love it. It's good advice. All right. We'll see you in the next episode, everyone. See you. Boom. Just see